0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk.
1: The tourism sector, who have warned that the continued high levels of accommodation that are being used to house refugees and asylum seekers, is having a real impact on the future viability of businesses. Ona Mara Walsh is chief executive of the Irish Tourism Industry Confederation. Uh, Ona, you're welcome to the show. Um, how much of an issue? How pressing an issue is this for you and your members?
2: Well, it's a big issue. I mean, 2022, I suppose, has been far better than anticipated, which is the great news to start with. Um, you know, we, we just released October data there, which showed we're we're just 7% off the kind of pre-pandemic highs in terms of international visitors to Ireland. But looking forward, there's, there's increasing concern about uh, 2023 and indeed 2024. A lot of it's around, obviously, the macroeconomic situation and the inflationary pressures and energy and all that sort of stuff. But one of the big issues is the impact of government contracts with Tourism economy accommodation suppliers and how many rooms are being taken up and how many rooms are potentially going to be taken out of the tourism economy next summer, which will have a huge detrimental impact on revenue, on tax receipts, on employment, uh, unless it's it, it's remedied somewhat.
1: Okay, so it it's it only like you've got this confluence of events, would that be fair? I mean, yep. you've got I- inflation, which means that input costs for your members are going up. You've got. Absolutely. Kind of global recession looming, which means maybe a little bit of reluctance for people to, to do the travelling they might have done otherwise. And then you've got all of these rooms being taken up because of the Ukrainian crisis. Is that fair?
2: Absolutely. It's, it's a perfect storm to a certain extent. Now, there are certain things within our control and there are certain things not within our control. So, you know, just, just as, as an aside, the, the government plans to put the tourism back rate up at the end of February, which, to my mind, is, is daft and nonsensical and be inflationary and depressed demand. And that's something within the gift of government. And it's something that I think they should extend the 9% rate right through to the rest of the year. But equally, on the government contract side of the house, I mean, Ireland is is unique compared to other European countries insofar as we have over-depended on the tourism accommodation suppliers to house refugees and asylum seekers. Other countries have come up with more creative solutions. And what that means is, we we just found out uh, following a dull question this week, that currently one in four bedrooms, tourism accommodation bedrooms, are actually... Mm. Um, 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 you know, given over to Ukrainians and, and, and asylum seekers. And that's okay during the kind of soft winter months. But if that situation is still uh, present um, and, and indeed may have got worse come, say, February, March and tr- the traditional tourism season, there's going to be serious, serious consequences. And indeed, you know, Roderick O'Gorman was briefing the 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 Fianna parliamentary parties last night. And he said quite candidly that they expect about 10,000 more refugees and asylum seekers even by December 31st. Yeah. So, you know, where will they go? So uh, currently it's
1: kind of... Well, they're, they're one, going to go to hotels and B&Bs, aren't they? I mean, let's, yeah, well, you know, let, let's call fair. a spade a spade. There's no way on God's green earth by next February we're yeah. going to have enough modular housing in place, rapid modular housing to accommodate 60 odd thousand refugees. Yeah,
2: and, that's, and that's what we're hugely concerned about. And, 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 you know, I think it's high time that the government put together a really comprehensive plan as to how refugees and asylum seekers are going to be housed, because there can't you know, the tourism accommodation sector can't be the only solution. It can it, it can be part of the solution because if you have all the refugees and asylum seekers that we're talking about, and you know that's only to the end of the year. Imagine you know like the the, the winter in Ukraine is going to be cold and harsh, and 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 the Russian aggression looks like sadly it's going to continue. So. That the flow of refugees and asylum seekers looks to continue right into next year. But if constantly the Department of, of Children who are tasked with the, the issue block book thousands of bedrooms within the tourism accommodation stock, you're going to have massive, massive problems. And it's unintended consequences to a certain mm. extent, but it's as clear as 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 day follows night or night follows day that there's going to be massive problems for the tourism sector next year. And tourism, remember, is the country's largest indigenous industry and it's the biggest regional employer. So, you know, if you have no tourism accommodation beds in Killarney or Westport or wherever, then you're going to have no tourism activity. And, and Fort Ireland, the, the tourist agency here in Ireland, they estimate that that a tourist spends one euro on accommodation, but actually spends two euro fifty on other services such as attractions, retail, tour operators, and, and so on. So, so, so it's
1: it's all of that. It's all of that extra discretionary spending. that's yeah. not the hotel and the B and B might be full, but the people who are in there are not out going exactly. on. I don't want to be exactly. kind of dismissive, but they're not going out in jaunties around Killarney yeah. National exactly. Park. They're,
2: they're they're not tourists. They're not they're not they're not uh, um, um, consuming, if you like, Ireland's tourism product. And if that's the case, then there's a real problem for tourism and that will um, um, manifest itself in terms of jobs, tax receipts yeah. and, and
1: revenue. Now, the the government did show itself a debt during COVID at, at propping up certain industries. I mean, is is that a possible solution?
2: Yeah, well, we're,
1: we're I mean, you know, sh- sh- short of finding alternative accommodation, because I don't yeah. think they are going to find it. Now, the, the other thing you could do is you could limit the number of refugees coming. I'm personally not a fan of that. What's your view?
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm not a fan of putting a cap on, on the refugees or asylum seekers coming into the country. I mean, these people have, have, are facing enormous humanitarian challenges, and I think it's only appropriate that Ireland's response is generous. Mm. Um, the issue, though, is that, there, you know, other European countries have done this in a much quicker way in terms of um, repurposing state institutions, and modular housing, vacant dwellings, uh, unused dwellings, you know, re- really kind of a deep dive into the available accommodation stock in the country, in the country and they haven't just put uh, all the refugees and asylum seekers into uh, the tourism accommodation stock. and I think we have to do something similar and we have to do it very, very quickly because if this situation hasn't improved and as I fear'll we'll have got worse by next March then, then we're heading into a, a really difficult time for, for the broad tourism industry and, and it's the downstream tourism businesses that are really mm. going to hurt as I say the restaurants the pubs the attractions the, the Jarvis in Killarney or, or whatever all those sort of a knock-on businesses that get an awful lot of the tourism dollar are, are going to suffer uh,
1: And how receptive have the government been to that warning that you've been issuing on?
2: Well, I I, I I think it's on the agenda now, uh, but I, I think you know it's the Department of Children, if you like, who are if you like managing the crisis, and I, and you know, understandably, their first instinct is to house uh, refugees that come to the country and, and get a roof over their head and provide them with with bed and board, and um, but I I, I think uh, we need, we need to be much more creative and a much more balanced approach, and the tourism and and, and hospitality sector will do its bit, but it needs to be proportionate, and we can't risk. Uh, fundamentally damaging uh what is Ireland's largest indigenous industry um you know uh, you know because i mean the the other thing to keep in mind is that you know we're not talking about a, a crisis that's going to last two or three months mm. i mean these these poor refugees will not have homes to go to go back to so we're, we're we're talking about dealing with this situation for a two three year time frame, so we have to be much more balanced in how, in how we house refugees and, and, and can't put all the onus on on tourism. Yeah.
1: I mean, certainly anybody listening to this from whatever corner of Ireland they're in can probably imagine in their own neck of the woods some... Like old institutional or industrial building that not, they're not all necessarily suitable, uh, of course, but some surely uh, would be. Listen, yeah. let me introduce Gary Anderson, who's the uh, co-owner of Anderson's Boathouse Restaurant and Kilibeg Seafood Shack. Uh, Gary, you're very welcome to the show. I mean, you, it strikes me uh, like a restaurant and a seafood shack. You're the exact type of place where tourists will spend their money after they book into the local B&B or hotel or hostel. How have you been impacted?
0: Yeah, well, we can we can really see it since the uh, summer ended. Um, a lot of our accommodation locally, one of the our bigger B and B's and one of the hotels, is very uh, you know are full of um, Ukrainians at the moment. Which you know they're very welcome. We're not saying no. It's just it is having a negative impact on business. You know we're we're not able to get the visitors staying in the area. We did see it all summer. The hotel and and the big the B and B were handed over at that point for. Um, for uh, refugee accommodation and the, the outlying area, we've we've lost uh, other hotels and towns just a couple of miles away from us. Uh, hostels further out in Glen Column Kill. And we would traditionally have drawn from those areas uh, for day trippers coming to Killybegs. We would have fed them. and We were seeing on the Seafood Shack as many as 100, hundred, hundred and fifty a day less at the street food venue just by the, the accommodation not being available.
1: And can you, because I suggest that wherever you are in Ireland, you could probably imagine buildings that could be used with some minor retrofitting that are not being used. Can you imagine any? Are there any in Killybegs? Are there any in that part of Donegal? Absolutely.
0: I mean, we have, there's a bar in Brockless and a hotel, both sitting empty at the moment that are haven't been occupied in a few years now, but in good condition. Ready to go. Uh, I don't know if their owners are interested in using them for that, but I mean, it seems crazy that you have buildings that could be used when we're taking viable businesses and moving them off into refugee accommodation. Um, I mean, the, the the amount of jobs that it's even taken out of the local economy, you can imagine if you've got your 40 rooms or whatever you've got, uh, you know, you, they require servicing. It makes your bar busy, it makes your restaurant busy, it makes all that internally. But if they're fully occupied with people who are effectively living there, that they don't require the labour force that would be required in a normal day. You know, and hospitality puts pretty much every child in this country through college, you know. So that burden's going to come back very much on the parents. They're going to notice that these hospitality jobs are not going to be there for them because they're not required. Um, You know, and I see it even for ourselves now. We've had the winter months and we are not uh, providing the same level of employment this year mm. as what we were last year. And that, that is that makes the challenge of going to college very difficult for our students yeah. that are working for us, you know, and I feel for them and for their parents.
1: Given the point Owen makes as well, Gary, that, you know, this this will continue, this will linger, this issue for some time yet. When yep. we we'll imagine when you look at the news from Ukraine, I mean, do you worry about, I don't know, about your own feasibility or viability? Certainly you must worry about the viability of some of your, your neighbours as well and their businesses.
0: Yeah, we've seen closures here already um, in this area, and I'm sure that's going to continue. I mean, obviously, you worry for yourself. This uh, this industry requires it to be busy. The cost of doing business for 20 people is almost the same as, as the cost of doing business for 100 people. You still have to have your staff in, your heat on, your light on. You know, the energy consumption is is almost identical whether you're quiet or busy. So we we need to be busy in order to be viable.
1: Listen, Gary, appreciate your time. Gary Anderson is the co owner of Anderson's Boathouse Restaurant and Killy Begg's Seafood Shack. And Onomara Walsh was with me as well, the chief executive of the Irish tourism industry.
0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.